right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Hey, it's a brand new year. All right. All right. 2020's a memory. Peace out. <laughs> hey, here's the reality. We all know this, right? You can, you can flip the page on an analog calendar or, you know, uh, move it with your finger on a digital calendar. It really doesn't change a lot. What's going to change your life, what's going to change your circumstances is not flipping a switch or moving a page. It is the power of Jesus in your life. How many people are ready for God to show up and do something big in your life in 2021? Let's go. Well, hey, my name is Steve Huskin. I'm the lead pastor here at Faith Church. I want to welcome everybody that is here in person at our Florence campus. Can we show some love for our Lawrenceburg campus? It's good to have you guys. Faith Church family in Middle Tennessee and everybody who's watching online, thank you so much for tuning in again, whether you're just not comfortable yet to be back in the house or you're just comfortable staying where you are and you're watching online. We have people literally that watch all over the United States, some people watch in other countries. So from wherever you're watching, if again, it's in person or live, man, we just want you to know we love you. We say it every week that we believe that Jesus, come on, he is the hope of the world. So wherever you're at, whatever your struggle is, your challenge, your issue, your heartache, your habit, if you allow Jesus in, it'll be the greatest decision that you've ever made. Well, listen, as we start a brand new series today, it's entitled Fresh Start, right? I think all of us, we like a do-over, a mulligan, a take-back, and I think a lot of times we look to the flip of the calendar to give us that thing. That's why a lot of times we will come up with New Year's resolutions. It's, we feel like because it's a new year, it's an opportunity for a new beginning. And so I'm going to take this series, Fresh Start, and we're going to dig into some areas of our lives that I think all of us would like a fresh start. And I think we determine the areas we need a fresh start because we'll take some time and we'll do a personal evaluation. We'll look at our situation. We'll look at ourselves in the mirror and decide, hey, that's where I want to change. That's where I need a new beginning, right? A lot of times a new year is a determination. We need a new me. And what is it? Well, how do we measure the circumstances? How do we look at our situation? Sometimes, like it, I think the primary place that a lot of us want to change in the new year is a lot of times people determine they want to change in their health. Right? And their evaluation is the scale, the number that's screaming at them. Sometimes it's maybe it's your cholesterol level or maybe it's your blood pressure level. Sometimes it's the button on your jeans is screaming a little bit louder in 2020 than it was in 2019. Come on, you got to make some room. Sometimes, right, it's not in the area of health. Sometimes the way uh, we determine what we want to change is by evaluating numbers. We look at our budget. We look at our debt level. Look at our credit card statements, we look at our bills, we look at our income, and based on the evaluation of those numbers, we decide we need a brand new me when it comes to uh, finances, it comes to our money. So measuring health and measuring finances is pretty easy. Another area that there's a lot of change is in relationships. As you move into a brand new year, determine you want a brand new you, we see that there's a lot of shifts. Some of you have decided you don't want to be single anymore. 2021 is your year to find your significant other. Some of you have determined 2021 is the year that they're not going with you. In fact, just good news, you maybe didn't know this, but did you know that December 11th and January 1st are the two primary days with the most amount of breakups in a calendar year? Which means if you were in a relationship December 10th and you're still in a relationship, congratulations, you made the cut. Yeah. But again, I think we look around at our relationships and we decide we need a change based on the evaluation that we make. And so... Because those are primary areas in all of our lives, those are things that we're going to talk about during this series, Fresh Start. We're going to look at fresh finances, fresh fitness, fresh friends. But today I want to ask a question that maybe is a little bit bigger, maybe a little harder to measure. Here's the question that I want to ask is, how is your faith? 
How is your faith? I think all of us would say faith is important. It's a marker of who we are. We call ourselves people of faith. That's what starts our spiritual journey is our faith. So if it's important to us, how is your faith? Well, see, all of a sudden it feels like it has harder handles to get a hold of. How do you measure faith? How do you determine your faith? How, how are you? Well, like a lot of other things, when you want to know how you're doing in an area, you take a test. I know a lot of us, we don't like tests. All of us have gone through the cycle of academic tests. How many people hated tests in school? We're all the natural test takers. Test came, you were in it to win it. Right? A lot of us, we don't like tests. But again, it, it kind of determines our, our, our aptitude. It, it kind of gives us handles on how we're doing academically. Medical tests. Medical tests determine, again, some of our physiology, how well we're doing. How many people got the COVID-19 test? I didn't know they were allowed to stick something that far up your nose. In fact, I distinctly remember my mom telling me, right? Like, they stuck that thing so far up my nose, it accessed, like, memories from third grade. <laughs> All the while, don't move. Are you kidding me? But again, the purpose of the test is to measure. So when I asked the question, how is your faith, did you know that you measure your faith the same way you measure a lot of other things by a test? In fact, the way you measure your faith, the test you use to measure your faith and how you're doing is through difficulties, through challenges, hardships, heartaches, storms in life. That's what will show you the condition of your faith. Now, I want to lean into a scripture on this topic of faith today. Maybe you've heard it before, maybe you haven't, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. I think it speaks for itself, but I want us just to lean into this. Matthew chapter 13, verse 58, listen to this. It says, now he, Jesus, now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Now, if you know anything about Jesus, Jesus was a miracle worker. He impacted people's lives. He changed their history. He healed their bodies. He restored the relationships. I mean, Jesus, he had a reputation for changing lives. That's who he was. But this one little verse says that Jesus stepped into this place, the there, the many, he couldn't do many mighty works there. By the way, it was his own hometown, a place called Nazareth. So Jesus was who he was. He did what he did, and he showed up to change lives in the place that he came up and the place that he grew up. But the Bible says that he couldn't really do what he did everywhere else, not because he wasn't willing, but because of the condition of their faith, which means that Sometimes we don't have what we could have, not because God is not willing to do it, but because we're not in a place to receive it, because we need fresh faith. So I just came to just declare here in Florence and in Lawrenceburg and everybody online that God wants you to have fresh faith so you can experience and have everything he wants you to have in 2021. I think if we're honest, 2020 was our test. As COVID rolled out, as the political landscape changed, as Racism ripped our nation on a more personal landscape. Some of your struggles, issues, habits, heartaches, divorces, sicknesses, diseases, struggles, kids. Like I think we can look at 2020 and just be honest enough to say the majority of, of us, those storms, difficulties, and challenges probably exposed that our faith was maybe not as strong as we thought and certainly not as strong as it needs to be. 
But what I've come to tell you is I don't want you to take that with any condemnation. The good thing is it's a new year. We can walk in with new faith, with fresh faith, and we can experience God in a new way in 2021. How many people feel like that would just be a good thing? Well, the question is, what is faith? Faith is important, maybe hard to measure, but needed. What is faith? The writer of Hebrews gives us a definition, says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Which means faith, it's not as ethereal as you might think. There's some substance to it. There's some evidence to your faith. That evidence, that substance, it's God's word, it's his promises, it's his testimony, is working in our life, things we can point to of who he is and what he can do. But on the most basic way, if you're wondering, faith is simply this. Faith is confidence. Faith is having a confidence in something. I have confidence when I stand up that my legs will hold me. I have confidence when I sit in a chair that the chair will support me. I have confidence when I swipe my card in a grocery store that a bank will back me. So it's just conf- we have confidence in people. We have confidence in businesses, confidence in product. We have confidence in all kinds of things. But did you know that a lot of times all those other things will let you down? Come on, anybody ever, men, you got to help me with this. I won't say where, but if you ever sat in a place for like 45 minutes, you don't need to be in there, but you're just swiping through your phone. When you get up, you can't walk because your legs are falling asleep. Help me. Come. So don't leave me up here alone. Come on. Can I have some men make some noise for me? So normally my legs will support me, but there's times it won't. There's, there's some chairs that, that really I probably shouldn't have sat in. I didn't really, it looked like I sat in it, but I was just doing a wall sit. I was getting a leg workout because that chair wasn't about to support my big rear end. I've been in the place where I've swiped a card and it didn't go through. So while I have faith and confidence in all these things, a lot of times they will let you down. That's just general faith, biblical faith, the faith we need, the faith we're called to have. Biblical faith is full confidence in who God is and what God can do. So while I trust banks and chairs and my legs and I put my trust in some people and products and institutions, at the end of the day, biblical faith, the faith we're called to have, means a full confidence. I don't waver. I don't shake. It's a full confidence in who God is and what God can do. How many people want that kind of faith in 2021? So I want us to lean into a story as we talk about what faith is and how it plays out and why it's important in our lives and why so many of us need fresh faith in 2021. I want us to lean into a story it's very familiar if you've been in church for a while, if you've read your Bible. It's the story of the feeding of 5,000 people. Jesus, out of all the miracles he does, he actually, there's a group of people that now have been following him. In fact, here's kind of the, the backdrop of the story. is Jesus is just who he is, man. He's an incredible teacher. People just hang on every word. So he creates this natural momentum where he goes, just crowds follow It doesn't hurt any that he works miracles, raises the dead, heals the sick, delivers the demoniac, opens blind eyes, opens deaf ears. And so Jesus is an incredible teacher. He's a miracle worker. So again, there's just this natural momentum that where he goes, just these crowds follow. And so specifically in this story, Jesus is kind of just doing his thing. And so the momentum is gathering and the crowd just keeps getting bigger. And a few hours literally turns into a few days. And at this point in the story, this group, specifically this mob of people that now is 5,000 strong with just men, with women and kids, some people say 15 to 20,000, some of them have been following Jesus for three days, and many of them haven't eaten. Now, you might say, how can you go three days and not eat? 
Have you ever been so focused or so committed or so distracted by something you, you miss some meals? Right? Have you ever like been so busy working? You're at lunchtime and like you was going to go to lunch. And next thing you know, you look at the clock and it's three o'clock. You totally miss lunch because you're so distracted. Come on. If you can be distracted by a laptop, you could be distracted by Jesus. And so just like people are so like, wow, Jesus, that they've been following and they, they want to be with him so bad. They don't care if they don't eat. But Jesus cares because Jesus cares about the smallest detail of your life. So here's where the story gets good. This mob picture, this mob following Jesus. Jesus cares that they're hungry. And here's how the story goes. Check it out. John chapter 6. Let me just say this. this. This story is so important. Out of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all record different aspects, different stories, different pieces of the life of Jesus. Besides the resurrection, this is the only miracle that all four Gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all reported on, which means it probably has some significance if they all mentioned it. So this is John's version of this story, John chapter 6, verse 1. It says, after this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill, sat down with his disciples around him, and soon Jesus saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. And so he, he's aware they're hungry. He knows they've not eaten. And then verse 5, this is where it gets good. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all of these people? So Jesus is looking at this crowd of people that are hungry. Then he looks at Philip. Here's the question. Why did he ask Philip? Why Philip? How many disciples did Jesus have? 12. Why didn't he ask the whole time? I mean, wouldn't you get more information from more people? Hey, guys, where do you think we can get bread to feed all these people? Or why didn't he ask Peter? Again, if, you, if you're familiar with the Bible, Peter was kind of the spokesperson for the apostles. Why didn't he ask Peter? Why did he ask Philip? Well, he asked Philip because where this miracle takes place is in a little town right outside of Bethsaida, which is where Philip, this is Philip's backyard. This is where Philip came up. Come on, y'all don't talk. Like, that's Philip's neighborhood. Those are his people. It's my peeps right here. And so what he was doing was, and this, this is important, right? You get the best information from the people who have the closest association, right? If you're going someplace, like you're going to a town you've never been to, going to an area you've never been, you just don't ask generally, hey, where's a good place to eat? You find the people that came up there, hey, where's a good place I can get something to eat, right? Because you want some, place, some people that got some close association because they got the best information. Jesus looks at Philip because that's where Philip came up. He says, hey, Philip, hey, uh, where can we get some bread at? Now, this is so important. The next part of this verse right here, everybody read this. He was testing Philip. Everybody read this with me. Out loud, Lawrenceburg, every person online reads this with me. For he was testing Philip. He was doing what? He was testing Philip because he already knew what he was going to do. He said, what does that mean? This is so good. He looks at Philip because this is where Philip came from. Philip knows the neighborhood. Philip knows the community. 
Philip knows all the bakery shops. And so Jesus asked Philip, Philip, hey, you're kind of the go-to guy, right? This is, your, this is your neighborhood. This is your place. Hey, where do you think we can get some bread to feed all these people? And Philip automatically starts doing what you and I would do, and he starts going through like all of the area because it's natural. People have maybe have asked you where you can get something from. I'm from Ohio. I get people on a regular basis here in Alabama. Hey, pastor, we're traveling up to Ohio. What part of Ohio are you from? Akron? Hey, we're going right through Akron. Uh, hey, where can we get a nice hotel? Hey, where can we go? Just yesterday, somebody, one of our faith church family members reached out to me on Facebook and said, hey, I'm looking for a ski resort in Northeast Ohio. Can you tell me something? Well, as a matter of fact, I can. Do you know why? Not because I ski, because I don't, but I'm from Northeast Ohio. So Philip, this is where you're from. Where can we get some bread? And Philip does what a lot of us do. Automatically, we start looking at our natural circumstances and our surroundings. And he starts going, well, hey, you know what, Jesus? There is that spot down on 3rd Street. Man, they got a killer bakery. They got some bagels that'll blow your mind. We can hit that spot, but that's probably not big enough to feed 5,000. But there's that place down that alley. Y'all know, oh, you ain't never been there. It's this little spot down this alley. Y'all know places like that, right? Not a lot of people know about it, but they got some great bread. We can go there. He starts thinking, Jesus, I don't know if all the bakeries I know of, if we put them all together, I don't think there's enough bread anyway to feed 5,000 people. In fact, you know what, Jesus, come to think about it, I ain't got but a five spot on me anyways. (laughs) And he starts looking at the other disciples. Hey, Peter, how much you got? Peter's like, I got five on it too. Some of you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Peter's like, I got five on. Andrew's like, I got 12, 50, you know, some change. And he gets all the money from the disciples. He's like, Jesus, you asked me where we can get enough bread to feed all these people. And I've done the math and I've ran the numbers and I've looked at everything that I know about. And all I can tell you is there's not enough bread in this area to feed this many people. And even if there was enough bread, we don't have enough money to buy the bread. So Jesus, these cats are tough out of luck. And what Jesus was doing was he was testing Philip because what Jesus wanted Philip to do was not just to look at his situation, but to look at his savior. What we need to do in 2021 is we need to see our savior clearer than we see our situation. Come on, somebody. You got to see what Jesus was like. He's like, I'm right here. If anybody can do a miracle, it's me. If anybody can meet the need, it's me. If anybody can do the, come on, the unknown, it's me. But what he was doing was all he saw is what he was familiar with. All he saw was the need. See, I think 2020, the reason it was the test that so many of us failed is because all we saw was the reports of COVID, what the doctor said, what the CDC said. We didn't allow Jesus to have any kind of say in it. Miracles uh, or, or marriages were struggling. Miracles had a peak of divorce and a peak of struggle through the season. And all we saw was, was I'm locked in a room with this person and I love her, but I don't like being with her 24, 7, 3, 6, 5. And we started losing our mind and we started cutting out and we started beating our kids. You won't admit that because you don't want to go to jail. But we had our kids stuck in a house and we had to tutor them and we don't even know how to help them with homework, much less help me every day, all day with schoolwork. And all of a sudden we're like, I don't know how to fix this because this is my education, this is my money, this is my marriage experience. And all the time Jesus wanted you to see him and not just see your struggle and just see your situation. In your evaluation, the test, the way you pass the test is to see Jesus. Do you see Jesus in 2020? Is your go-to just to see what your natural eyes can show you? See, the reason Jesus couldn't do many mighty works in Nazareth is because that's where he came from. Everybody knew good old, that's Jesus. I went to to third grade with Jesus. All they saw was Joseph's son. They didn't see God's son. And therefore, Jesus couldn't do many mighty works. 
Not because he wasn't willing, but because of their unbelief. What did you miss in 2020 that you could have had, that God wanted you to have, that you missed out on? Because your faith and my faith wasn't where it needed to be. I don't want you to take any condemnation or shame from that. The good news is, in a fresh year, we can get a fresh start with fresh faith. Come on, how many people want some fresh faith in 2021? So let's talk about what is this this fresh faith. Again, faith is, biblical faith is, a full confidence in who God is and what God can do. If you're taking notes, let me just hit these real quick. So faith is then a confidence in who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? I could talk about him for hours. I could talk about all of his titles and all of, he's the prince of peace, he's the great I am, he's the door, the way, the bread of life, he's the living water. But who is he really? The main thing you need to know about Jesus is who he is to you. He's compassionate. He's a compassionate savior. He's a caring savior. One of the worst things in life is to go through something and believe you're going through it alone. To believe that nobody cares, nobody knows. If they know, they're busy with their own stuff and to feel like you're alone. Jesus came so you could know you're never alone. He cared enough for you that he came. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Jesus came because he cares for you. The disciples once, even though they had to have known Jesus cared for them, at one time in a place where they thought they were going to drown in the middle of a storm, They asked the question, Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? And Jesus responded to their trouble with a miracle. So maybe you're in the place where you're like, I don't even know if God really cares about me, cares about my situation, cares about my kids, my career, my marriage, my heartache, my hurt. And I'm here to tell you, your full confidence needs to be in who Jesus is. He not only cares, but he also can. He can. Faith is confidence in what Jesus can do. Let me just give you Paul's definition of what Jesus can do. He says this in Ephesians 3.20, now to him, now to Jesus, every voice here, can we read this together? Who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we're able to ask or even think according to the power that works in us. What Paul's saying is you haven't even begun to imagine what Jesus is capable of doing. Like, have you ever been in a situation you thought, Jesus, if you would just come do this, you could fix it. And Jesus is like, I can do more than that. Well, why don't you? Sometimes it's because our faith is more focused on our situation than our Savior. It's not that God won't. It's that God don't. Not because he can't. It's because we don't believe he will. And in order to break that barrier in 2021, come on, everybody say it with me. We need fresh faith. Why faith? Why does God use faith? I mean, there's so many other things. Maybe he could look at our life and love, hope, peace, but he requires from us faith. Why faith? Faith is the fuse on the bomb. Jesus, he says this multiple times in the Gospels. He has these encounters with people where he works a miracle and changes their life forever, and the story ends the same way. He'll say this to people. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has made you well. It's all the same term. For example, there's a guy who's a leper. He's an outcast in his community. He can't go back home. He can't go, home. He can't go anywhere. He can't go to church. Nobody can help him. There's no doctors that can help him. And he gets to Jesus, and he asks Jesus, Jesus, will you heal me? 
And Jesus touches him, and his leprosy immediately disappears right in front of this guy's eyes. And Jesus ends the story by saying to this guy, now go your way. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. There's a woman that's had this issue, this blood issue. She's humiliated. She's broke. She's physically sick. There's no doctor that can help her. She finally has a radical encounter with Jesus because Jesus is the one who can help you when nobody else can. Jesus touches her. Actually, she touches Jesus if you read the story. And a miracle breaks out. She's healed immediately on the spot. Jesus looks at her and says, go your way. Your faith has saved you. There's a guy who's blind. He's not been able to see his entire life. And while he can't see with natural eyes, he can see with spiritual eyes. And he knows who Jesus is because the word is out. And Jesus is walking up the street as always, a mob following him. He can't follow Jesus because you missed it. I said he can't see. So, but he's on the side of the road and he hears Jesus coming. He's like, Jesus, son of David, will you have mercy on me? I have full confidence in who you are and what you can do. And Jesus heals him. His name is Bartimaeus. And when his eyes are open, you know how Jesus ends the story? I've already told you. Jesus says, stand up and go your way. Your faith has saved you. Faith is a really important part of our spiritual journey. Faith is the fuse that sets off the bomb. Faith, if you're taking notes, it's the catalyst to experience the person and the power of Jesus. You need faith because it's the essence of how we access him. So faith doesn't really save you. It's like, Pastor, you're telling us you disagree with Jesus? No, you just have to understand what Jesus is saying. When Jesus says, your faith has saved you, he's saying, faith is the mechanism in you that accesses what's in me. It's the same way if you're hungry. What do you do when you're hungry? You eat. Well, the food, right, it's not your mouth that saves you. It's the food that nourishes you. Your mouth just accesses the nourishment in the food. The same way faith saves you, your mouth feeds you. The same way faith saves you, a sail drives a ship. Well, it's not the sail that drives a ship. It's the wind. Just the sail accesses the power of the wind. The mouth accesses the nutrients in the food. Your faith accesses the power of Christ in your life. It's what Jesus, or what Paul said about our salvation, the way we start our spiritual journey, the way we're saved, is we come to Christ and we put our faith in who he is, that we're a sinner, he's our savior. We put our faith in that. Here's what Paul said about Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. He said, for by grace, you've been saved through faith. So what saves you is Jesus's grace. What saves you is Jesus. It's not your faith. It's Jesus, but your faith is what reaches out and grabs a hold of it. What healed the leopard wasn't his faith. Jesus healed the leopard, but he got a hold of the healing through faith. What healed and opened the eyes of Bartimaeus wasn't his faith. Jesus opened his eyes, but what got a hold of it was his faith. What I'm telling you is who Jesus is, is that he's a savior that is compassionate and cares, and he can do anything, anywhere, at any time for anyone. His power and ability is unlimited. The issue is, is our faith in a place where we can reach out and believe God to do something impossible in our lives? God can heal your marriage. God can restore your home. God can make a way. God can open paths in your life. God can open the door to your destiny. God can restore your mind. God can set you free from the addiction. God can do anything, anywhere, at any time for any person. Come on, it's who he is. And what he calls and requires of us is I just want you to trust. You trust chairs and legs and credit cards. 
do you trust me? We need fresh faith. I didn't do so hot in 2020. But 2021, it's a new year, a new beginning. It's an opportunity for a fresh start. So, Father, give us fresh faith. Faith is the tool that accesses the means. So here's the question to open with. How's your faith? Well, the way you can determine the strength of your faith is what do you see in the struggles you're in? The people in Nazareth couldn't see Jesus as the Savior. All they saw was this kid that they grew up with. Philip couldn't see Jesus. All he saw was the lack of bread and the lack of money. The strength of your faith is determined by what you see in your struggle. And we need to see our Savior clearer, clearer than we see our struggle. Some of you get sick, and you can talk about what all the doctors said, and you can talk about, like, I've been on WebMD, and this is the results. If I take this medicine, this will happen. This is a side of Can you talk about Jesus? I'm not saying all those other details don't matter, but I'm saying, man, is there a place for Jesus to show up and do what doctors can't? Is there a place for Jesus to show up in your home and show up in your life? Because that's what fresh faith will do. There's a story I want to I close with. So again, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, it's not the only time Jesus did that miracle. Maybe some of you knew that. Jesus repeats the miracle another time. This time, the crowd's a little smaller, and it's about 4,000. So one time, again, 5,000 men, maybe 15 to 20,000 people, Jesus does this miracle and feeds them all, which is, y'all don't seem impressed. That's impressive to me. And he does it with a couple rolls and a couple little fish, blesses it, multiplies it, and it feeds all these people, and they, he's got food left over. Again, another crowd's following him. They're so, so committed to follow him. They don't eat. Jesus cares about even the smallest needs. Jesus works another miracle just like he did before, and he feeds 4,000. Now, here's the funny part. The disciples at another time, not at the 5,000 or the 4,000, this is another time. There's no crowd following it. It's just the disciples. And they're griping because they don't have anything to eat. Someone actually says, man, I'm hungry. And Peter's like, so I'm hungry too, man. My stomach's wrong. I got rubble gut right here. He's like, who's got the food? And Andrew's like, I don't have no food. He's like, I thought you was bringing food. Andrew's like, to Peter, he said, like, I thought you was bringing food. He's like, I brought the food last time. And they start complaining because nobody brought food. Come on, y'all got friends like that. Nobody brought any food, and they're complaining because they don't have any bread to eat, and they're hungry. And now Jesus, who's out in front of them because he's the leader, he's leading the way, he hears them complaining that they don't have any bread. Isn't this silly? Watch what Jesus says. He says this, at this they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, you have so little faith. Why? Because all you see is what your eyes show you, and you're missing the sources right in front of you. He says, you have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other about not having bread? Don't you understand even yet? Don't you remember the 5,000? I fed with five loaves and baskets left over that you picked up. Or don't you remember the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and large baskets left over that you picked up? He's saying, if I can feed 5,000, I can feed 4,000. I sure as heck fire can feed 12. 
What I'm telling you is that there has to be in your life where you can look back at a moment where God showed up, God came through, God provided, God made a way. If you don't have any other testimony in your life other than there was a moment where you fell on your knees and you realized that you needed a Savior and you said, Jesus, will you come into my life and will you forgive me of my sin? And I can look back at the moment in my life, March 19, 1989, I went down to an altar and cried my eyes out and I walked out a changed person. Some of you had happened in church, some of you had happened in a car, some of you had happened in a shower, but all of us in this room, all of us online, you got a moment where you know God was faithful, not because it's really just who he was, but you reached out by faith and grabbed it. And what I'm telling you is he's never changed. What changes is our faith goes up and down and we see everything else but Jesus. I'm just saying, what would happen if in 2021, instead of us always seeing the situation and the circumstances and the numbers and the diagnosis and the opinions of people and Fox News and CNN News, what would happen if in our desert moments, the first thing we saw was Jesus? And I have full confidence that he is who he said he is and he can do what he says. He not only cares, but he can. I just think that some of us would experience things in 2021 that we didn't experience in 2020, not because he wasn't willing, but because we didn't believe. So here's the question. How many of you here want fresh faith in 2021? The good news is all you got to do is reach out. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful that you're good all the time. You're faithful all the time. So, Lord, I pray no shame in this room. God, we can look back and say, Lord, I, I kick myself. I just didn't believe. I just didn't trust you. Lord, I'm thankful today's a new day. So, Lord, I pray over this room. I pray over individuals. I pray, God, you'll help us to increase our faith. God, as we sit in the teaching of your word, as we do our devotions and read your word this, this year, God, the word says faith comes by hearing your word. I pray, God, our faith would increase. We believe you like we never have, and we would experience you like we never have. Lord, I pray for homes that have struggled with brokenness and heartache and issues. I pray as faith comes in, God, you're just going to begin to heal and restore, make whole. People that have lost faith in their partner, I pray God would not lose faith in you, that God, you are big enough to restore the most broken, dysfunctional home, marriage, or relationship there's ever been. You're able to do it. So Lord, I pray God over finances and careers and all the things that we wrestle with, that God, we would make a way and we would see you. Lord, I pray. Will you pray this with me, Father? I pray for our church. God, 2021 would be a breakthrough year, regardless of what happens with COVID-19, regardless of what happens in the political landscape. Father, we pray this would be a place where life change happens. This would be a place that, God, more people find Jesus than ever before. This would be a place in northwest Alabama and middle Tennessee that prodigals come home, the lost are found, homes are restored, people are made whole. Father, we have the faith to trust that you're a good God and you can do anything, anywhere, at any time for any person. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody who believed that said, amen.